Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Natural Running Network. We are brought to you by Mio, makers of the world's first strapless heart rate monitor sports watches, and MedHab, makers of RPM Squared, an innovative system of gait analysis that slips right into your running shoes. My name is Richard Diaz. I am your host. Are you a runner? Do you love to get out and challenge yourself? Running your first marathon or maybe caught the bug of obstacle racing? Well, sit tight because this is a show you just don't want to miss. Hey, everybody. Before we get started with this show, which is incidentally a very good one, uh, we're going to do an interview with Rose Wetzel, American Ninja Warrior and Elite Spartan Racer. Uh, I wanted to give a shout to remind you that, of course, I am a heart rate guy. I am very, very much in strong belief that heart rate is a principal means of training. And I want to let you know that it pays to listen to the show. 15% discount if you want to go and get yourself a new Mio heart rate monitor. Go to their site, MioGlobal.com. Plug in D-I-A-Z 15, no spaces and get 15% off on your next purchase. Okay, let's start the show. I'm with Rose Wetzel. She is currently, unfortunately, number two in the world as Spartan (laughs) Racing goes. Rose, go ahead and say hello to our audience. Hello, everybody. So, Rose, I I came out with that. I probably hit you right over the head with it. But, you know, you were number (laughs) one up until just recently, right? Well, I started out the year ranked as number one, although I will say that um, the year is it's early, right? So yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's, hard to, it's hard to take much stock in that, but um, it was kind of fun for a couple months there to be like, wow, cool. Um, but, but I really have my sights set, of course, on the you know the the main season and really the championship season, so that that's when it really matters, right? So, right, right, um, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I I agree with you, and I you know I'm just kind of poking fun here a little bit, but yeah, um, I can take it. <laughs> so so um, I I want to want to back up and just kind of talk a little bit about your past because I think that the way mm-hmm. you came into the sport is pretty intriguing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, obviously enough, uh, for those that do know you, you've got a track and field background, and yes. you you know uh, established some pretty pretty exciting numbers. Uh, uh, according to what you sent me, you, your PR for the mile was a uh, 4:46, which is pretty stellar. Uh, oh, actually, it's 4:42. Thank you. Uh, oh, let's I may have sent you, yeah, the wrong list. So, um, four minutes and 42 seconds, I ran just uh, two, maybe three years ago uh, when I was trying to make the Olympic trials time. Um, I came short, but uh, but ran my fastest by far in the process. So, that's yeah, a win for me right there. I'd say um, oh, yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. And then what about the 10K or 5K time? It says 16, 16.27. Is that accurate? Ooh, 16.14. Look Boy, at you. yeah. I sent you the wrong one. I am not perfect. Um, yeah, so 16.14. So I ran a 16.14 again just a few years ago. Um, I actually ran a lot faster after college than in college, even though I was in an amazing top 10 Division One program at Georgetown. Um, I just kind of – I've always been a bit of a late bloomer, and so I – yeah, had an awesome coach and really went for it 
know, okay. I don't know what six years after college. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm just I'm just spouting the numbers you tossed me, honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got a question for you. When you say late bloomer, can I ask how old you are? Um, I just turned thirty three. Okay, good. So still a puppy, but lots of time. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, totally. so, you know, you've got a pretty storied career. I mean, you, you've been racing, and I think I, I heard your husband mentioned uh, in one of the video clips that I looked at that, you 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 know, you came into the sport with 17 years' worth of racing experience, and he yep. suggested that that makes a big difference for you, where mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of these, these folk that you're racing against may not have that depth behind them, and that's probably mm-hmm. clearly working in your favor. Yeah, I think it's just, uh, to me, I, I feel like, I have raced so many races that, don't get me wrong, every race is important, and, and I'm so excited and, and a little bit nervous for every race, and, and that good combination of nervousness and, and excitement. Um, but at the end of the day, I guess I just, I have the gift of perspective in that I have had so many bad races along with awesome races, and I know that life goes on either way. And so, um, you know, it just, it's, it's, you know, I, I had moments in my career where I would have a really bad race and I'd be upset and I'd be crying and I would be, you know, just so bummed about it. And then and then I go back and I train harder and I have a great race after that. So I know that life goes on, people still care about me and, you know, all that. So <laughs> I find that to be helpful and in, 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 in really I don't know that everybody has that perspective because it just came to me at least with time. Um and that's a gift, really, because then it allows me to enjoy the sport more and the whole process where I know, you know, quote-unquote good race or quote-unquote bad race, I'm still going to have a good day because I'm going to choose to have a good day because I know that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's been, you know, as as a coach and being in the you know sports performance business for the past forever, I mean, I mean, I've been doing this for close to 30 years now. I look at these events like a Rubik's Cube, you know, how do you figure it out? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and so I have kind of a voyeuristic approach to it anymore because, you know, my days of getting out there and competing are, are you know, unfortunately I have to say long gone. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, now I revel in the, the whole backstory and, and how do we get these people to the front of the line, you know. And, and sure. so where I'm leading with this is that, you know, I talked to Joe DeSena, we did an interview a while back, and we talked about where we felt the studs of the sport are going to emerge. And everybody that I talked to, uh, I, I had this conversation with Jun Young Park, uh, you know, as you know, I, I train Hunter, mm-hmm. and, and but various guys I speak with all agree that this is a running sport, uh, and that's your background. And so, mm-hmm. I think, and you know, I want to get your take on it, but I think that you're going to lean on your running skills by about 75% in order to win these races. How do you feel about that? Um, well, I think that in general, I see where people are coming from with that. Um, it does depend on the race, however. Like, for instance, this last race, which is totally an anomaly for Spartan, um, cool event, you know, the, the Bahamas Spartan Sprint, there was a lot of swimming in that. And that ended up being a big factor, at least, at least for me, because swimming is not something that I've, I've, I've done very much in my life. I didn't really, you know, we didn't swim as kids. We didn't, you know, have lessons or anything. And so it's kind of still this, um, you know, uh, this activity that I don't, that didn't come naturally for me. And, 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 and as an adult, I, I could get lessons. I could put 
time and energy into it. Don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, I'm taking personal responsibility, but it's just in general, not the best use of my time. Um, so once in a while, when there's a race that has as much as swimming, you know, if you're a quote unquote runner without a swimming background, you're not going to come out on top. But at the end of the day, since most races don't have a lot of swimming, um, it, you're mainly on your feet and you're running from obstacle to obstacle. And even when there are lots of obstacles and long obstacles, um, long sand bay carries and long bucket carries, for instance, you're still on your feet and, and having that running background is beneficial. Um, and so I will say that it's not just the running background that, that, that makes a good Spartan because I know a lot of runners who are really good, very fast runners, who, who wouldn't be able to do the hurt hoist or the, you know, sandbag carry without wobbling. Um, so I feel like it has to be a runner who happens to have also an extra athletic background, more so than the average runner, and is stronger than the average runner, because um, I think just a, a straight-up runner-runner through and through wouldn't necessarily fare very well on a Spartan course, especially as Spartan tends to get heavier and heavier as the years go on. Right. Well, I guess I should clarify what I'm what I'm saying is that I've seen guy. Well, uh, you know, proof in the pudding is I get a guy like Hunter. Hunter's got an amazing b- mm-hmm. athletic ability. He's very very strong, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's a big guy. And he mm-hmm. came to me for the very simple reason that he he came to grips with the fact that if he didn't hone his running skills, he's just going to have a lot of trouble dealing with uh, you know the longer distance races. Uh, right. Even in Temecula, you know, he's, he he had a hard time after about uh, was I think it was like eight miles into the race or so he started running mm-hmm. into some trouble. Um, but uh, and in the World Championships last last year too, he said that after about mm-hmm. ten miles he was just crushed uh, and he was mm-hmm. he, he was doing great all through the race. So um, yeah. I I would like to think that you have a better chance developing your upper body strength if you're a good runner than you would be. Uh, capable of, you know, or, or vice versa, right? So mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, you, I agree. Mm-hmm. You, you can't. You can't have one without the other. And and, and I think as the sport matures, there's going to be uh, standards in the in the obstacles that are going to be kind of the go-to obstacles uh, when you show up an event. You, you know they're going to be there. And then you're mm-hmm. going gonna to have, like you suggested, the anomalies where you're going to show up and, like they say, hey, guess what? you got to swim right. 200 meters with your shoes on, right? Right, right. But, right. Uh, well, yeah. So anyway, that's just yeah, that's the nature right. of it, right? Yeah, and I, I would say uh, I would say that I, I, I totally agree with the fact that it's, it's, it's easier, I would think, um, to, to take a runner and, and, and make them strong. I mean, it's... it's you know, it's, you can well, you can develop one's athleticism, but there are some people who are just naturally athletic, coordinated, agile, all that stuff, right? So having that natural athleticism helps. Because I know a lot of runners who will say, I'm a great runner, but I'm not athletic. You know, I can't catch a ball, you know, kick a ball, all that. So, um, so if you're one of the runners that, that happens to have a very athletic background, played soccer, played basketball, you know, is, is is coordinated that's helpful um if you take a runner with an athletic background and then you make them strong you know that's a good recipe for a good obstacle racer right there right. um it, although although my only hesitation in, in saying that in full in full confidence is that i don't want to turn away those that don't have a running background i don't want them to say oh well i never ran you know track or cross country in high school so i guess i'll never make it to the top of the Spartan regime because you have someone like Isaiah 
who's doing really, really well. He doesn't have an, a running background at all that I know of. I, think, I believe he comes from more of a football-based background. Right. So I don't want to close any doors for anybody and discourage anybody. But at the end of the day, if I, as a coach, had to choose, you know, an athlete with a running background who's also has an athletic twist to them, um, but not a lot of upper body strength, I'd rather take them over the, you know, strong athlete, but who just doesn't ever quote unquote do cardio. Um, because I think that that, 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 that person B would be, would just take longer to get to the, the spot. Right. Well, I um, think, I think that all, all of these, all of these disciplines, uh, require training. I mean, Oh, for sure. and, and the the problem with with uh, the problem with runners, and you probably will, you know, being a running coach yourself, you you could probably agree with me. I hope that mm-hmm. um, a lot of people take running for granted. They just assume that um, you know it's what they've always done since you know mm-hmm. they've been able to stand upright. They they start moving and they start running around, and and they, mm-hmm. they just they just take it for granted. Where you know, if you're learning to box or something like this, this is a skill. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not going to get in the ring with a world champion and mm-hmm. expect a farewell. You got to learn how to box, and mm-hmm. same, same with with running. So, um, I, I would I would imagine that if you're heavy, you realize that it's a function of strength to weight ratio in all of these aspects. I mean, if you're real heavy, running is going to be difficult. If you're real heavy, it's going to be hard to to climb a rope or to do a chin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it really becomes, the athleticism, I guess, it, the, the way you coined it, is really relative to developing a real strong strength-to-weight ratio. Yeah, strength-to-weight-body ratio really is is key. Um, obviously, there are some just absolute strength obstacles where you just have to be able to pull that hercoise down You'd be able to, you know, take that sandbag, that heavy bucket, and just go for, you know, a long period, especially in the World Championship um, or in any beast. But at the end of the day, um, really having that great strength, the body weight ratio is key. I was just telling Tim, my husband, the other day, um, after being on the the Spartan cruise with all those American Ninja Warriors and, and training for American Ninja Warrior myself, you know, I I I appreciate people who are very very strong. Like the videos that I see on Facebook are people doing CrossFit workouts where they're just pushing heavy weight, it's very impressive, right? Very, very impressive. Um, and I've always enjoyed strength training, and it, I actually do it for a career for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, I, but gosh, what the ninjas can do, what, what people with an amazing strength and body weight ratio can do, it's phenomenal. I mean, just really, really cool. So um, I think about what kind of, like, athlete I want to be, um, and, and, and I'm more drawn towards the – you know, the rock climbing, the parkour, the, you know, doing a, a handstand down the stairs type of stuff than the just, like, go and push crazy heavy amounts of weight, possibly throw your back out, hopefully not. And, you know, uh, yeah. personally, you know, that's just personally what I... what I. Well, yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on that. I mean, I and quite frankly, I think that's probably the aspiration for most people because... It's that mm-hmm. functional strength that really, really mm-hmm. wins the day. You know, I mean, you. you yeah. I'm sitting by. I mean, we got to talk about it. You know, it's going to come up, right? I'm sitting by the bar on 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 yeah. the cruise ship, right? Mm-hmm. And these guys are hanging from their fingertips from from oh, yeah. you know the railing above the bar. And yeah. you know, did you, were you watching some of that crazy stuff they were doing? Crazy. It was crazy. Oh. Yep, it was crazy. I was in awe. So I don't even know who the guy was, but the guy's lying on his back. With his feet up in the air, like you know, like the dying cockroach position, barefoot, mm-hmm. barebacked, and the other mm-hmm. guy runs over barefoot and jumps onto his feet with his feet 
and is balancing on his feet, foot to foot, and then then reaches down, grabs his hands, and does a handstand on his hands, and the guy's doing oh. the guy's doing press ups with with this guy hand standing on his hands. No way. No way. And how big was that guy? Was he just a massive bulky no, no, you know, no. These guys, bound dude? I, I'll bet you uh, neither one of these guys tipped the scale over 145 pounds. Right. But right, know, and they just yeah. But yeah, then, well, he, what they can do. Yeah. When you're when you're 145 pounds and you can have somebody do a handstand on your hands while you're lying on your back and basically do like a bench press with them. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're essentially showing that you're you are equivocally capable of moving your body weight um, in precarious positions. I mean, that's 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 bizarre. Oh, I would rather I would rather bench press a million times over than can have a human <laughs> yeah. person it's like wobbly body. I mean, that's so much more impressive, right? I well, mean, yeah. Just, not to mention that it's, yeah. it's not like they've been practicing this either. I mean, we're, these guys are drinking by the bar. <laughs> well, and also they a lot of them. I don't know that that a lot of them even knew each other because I, I was able to to meet a lot of them. And you know, I don't know if those two guys maybe they practice all day long together as next door neighbors, but there's a good chance they just met each other that weekend or, oh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm sitting, second or third time. I was sitting next to them. I mean, I, you know, I actually had to move <laughs> away from my table so a body didn't land on me. Oh, gosh. And, and so, you know, they like whisper to each other, hey, let's try this. Uh, okay, okay. So they like do, you know, they just kind of get their head together and then they did something really circus-like, right? Oh, I love it. That's so, so awesome. And, the, and the, one, the one I really liked was the, the guy reaches up, grabs the railing above the bar, and then he uh, he planks out, right? So he's holding on. Mm. Uh, just try to imagine a reverse push-up, but there's no ground. He's just kind of planked out. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And then so the the other guy grabs his shoulders and hangs from him and planks beneath him. So these guys oh, are wow. double-planked hanging. So the guy on top's got to hold the guy's body weight, plus the wow. guy beneath him's just holding on to his shoulders. As, I, I thought he was going to rip his deltoid off, you know. Right. Unbelievable. So... Yeah, so th- this is the kind of character uh, that is emerging from this sport, I believe. It, mm-hmm. You know, and so it's—I just think it's fascinating. I really do. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, uh, so while we're on the subject, um, the ra- the race there. So I, I'm I'm gathering that you didn't appreciate the swim. Oh, I mean, it's not that I didn't appreciate it because at the end of the day, you know, I I, I did do the swim. I mean, I know it, it's kind of gray, but. Um, I think I think people are allowed to grab the rope, especially in the open heat. It's kind of frowned upon in the leaps, I, I, I feel like. So I could have probably grabbed the rope and just pulled myself along with the rope, but I wanted to swim. And it wasn't just about, you know, getting the best place and earning the most money. It's not that I don't care about those things, and those things aren't helpful for my life and sponsors and all that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, there was a challenge ahead of me. I was going to do that swim. And I was going to do it as well as I could. And it was a performance goal of mine. So when I do races, I have outcome goals and I have performance goals. And I, I know you know what these are. Yeah. Um, but for those that don't, it's just, you know, the outcome goal is, oh, I want to win or I want a podium or I want to, you know, run this certain time if it's a track race, for instance. But the performance goals are the goals that, that, that are things like, well, I'm going to, you know, do the swim and, and really focus on, on, on relaxing in the swim and, 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 and trying to swim straight which, yes, is difficult for some of us. Um, or I'm going to really try to push the uphills or you know, or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so one of my performance goals was to, 
you know, run as well as I could, you know, get to that swim as fa- as quickly as I could, and then um, just try to relax and, and enjoy the water and enjoy the fact that I was in the Bahamas and, and swim as well as I could, but try to keep my heart rate down because when I swim, my heart rate jacks up so high that even if I can move decently through water, you know, as far as speed, um, just by muscling my way through inefficiently, I come out and I, my heart rate is through the roof. Um, and so I'm glad I did the swim, I guess is my point. But at right. the same time, it's, you know, I, I, it's not, it's not a forte of mine. It's not something that, 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 that helps me become the best home scorer I could be. But at the end of the day, one of these days, um, I might just say, setting me up for swim lessons, I'm going every day for five weeks. Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, I come from a triathlon background, and the, mm-hmm. the swimming is something that that I, actually I'm, I'm most comfortable at. Um, but, oh, wow. But it requires, it does require uh, a tremendous amount of uh, skill to to run mm-hmm. to swim well. And it can mm-hmm. make a huge, di- in an event like that, when you, I, I, I believe it was about 200 meters was the swim distance, is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes. well, for that, me it was longer. Well, <laughs> that was yeah. I was well, into the dock. <laughs> yeah. The the point is is that the 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 further that swim is, the greater advantage a good swimmer would have in a in a mm-hmm. short race like that. Sure. Uh, for it, sure. And, and the person who won was a triathlete. I mean, an, an amazing obstacle racer, Deanna Blake, is phenomenal yeah. from yeah. long short distances. But she also was a triathlete, so she did really well in the swim, and I don't blame her for for flying out from Australia. She probably looked at that race and said, "Ooh, I'll yeah. take that one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I could see that too. Well, I think it was it came as a surprise to a lot of people, you know, that mm-hmm. you know uh, that there was going to be that much swimming involved. But mm-hmm. anyway, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a great race and, and uh, oh, yeah. a lot of cool stuff Fantastic. going on. Totally. All right. Yeah. So what what is your what is your uh, your calendar look like now? What, what's the next race? Well, um, I'm going to race. Well, first I have American Ninja Warrior in two and a half weeks, so that's kind of my main focus right now on on top of my normal obstacle racing. Um, and then I'm going to do the Spartan Super in Las Vegas on April 18th. Um, it's a my brother lives down there, so um, it's a fun race. It's a it's an you know interesting city, I will say, uh, unlike any other city. But um, my brother lives down there, so it's an opportunity to visit him, which would be great. He just moved down there a few months ago, so I'll be his first visitor. So um, April 18th, Vegas, and then from there I'm going to be doing all the TV races. So Montana, Spartan Race, um, and, you know, Pennsylvania, Washougal by my home. Um, I'll I'll probably do a few other races, like I would like to try the Mud Guts and Glory Race on May 23rd, um, if I can can manage to, uh, you know, fly over there and, and get that fit in it's far away and kind of an expensive ticket but if I can swing it I'll do it um and then really just the the championship races I mean they kind of come spouting off um every weekend starting in October so I'll be focusing on those and just uh yeah trying to you know get better at at, at my elevation coming from a track background um preparing myself for the mountain races and yeah, getting some swimming for for Tahoe, and and who knows what I'll do for altitude. This sea level girl who is prone to anemia, but um, I'll figure something out. Did you say swimming for Tahoe? Well, I believe there's going to be swimming in Tahoe because there was swimming at the World Championship in Vermont, and there are lakes yeah. um, up in Tahoe. So you better I'm hope you don't have to, to swim prepared. in Lake Tahoe. Oh, why is it cold? Oh my God! 
Really? Oh, yeah. That's like the coldest lake in the country. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Lake Tahoe. Uh, I've trained guys for World's Toughest Triathlon, which was conducted at Lake Tahoe. And and the swim there, just everybody's coming out of the water. Uh, If you're not prepared for that, I'm just telling you, you're going to want to wear, if they put you in that water, you're going to want to wear a rubber hat. And I'm not oh, talking. Okay. I'm not it's talking enough. about a swim cap. I'm talking about a rubber insulated <laughs> rubber hat, and probably, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, it's it's cold. So oh, good to know. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so talk about the Ninja Warrior thing. That's pretty fascinating. Yeah, well, I'm I'm super excited because um, I you know didn't necessarily expect to get chosen per se. I think that. Um, being a being a Spartan has really helped me in that process. I mean, one one friend of mine who's really athletic said, he's like, you know, yeah, the course looks really hard and stuff. He's like, but I think the hardest thing is just getting on the show because so many people want to be on the show. It's so popular. Um, and so I'm really grateful I got on. I only have a few weeks to train because it's not something I was, you know, focusing on and planning necessarily to get asked to be on. So... Um, you know, I'm just trying to pack in some, you know, parkour gym time around my normal training and some rock climbing. Um, I got like a 10 punch card at a local rock climbing gym and I've gone 10 times in like, you know, two or three weeks. So I'm, I'm getting some work in, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm training for obstacle racing, you know, that, that's what I'm training for. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm staying focused on that, you know, trying to continue to get my, my running mileage up, um, but yeah, I mean, I'd like to do well. I'd like to do as well as I can with with limited training, um, because what an opportunity, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, well, just how to, cool. just to be called an American Ninja Warrior. I mean, that that's cool stuff. You need to walk around in black garb with a little, you know, those right. little, little throwing stars into your belt, you know? Right. Well, and the thing about American Ninja Warrior too is that no one's actually conquered all three stages. So basically, everyone that's been on, whether for it's been for one second or for you know you know, two and a half stages, um, they're all just American enjoyers. Like, there's not a big designation of, like, you know, I'm American enjoyer level one. I'm an American enjoyer level two. It's just we're all American enjoyers. So you're right. Just getting on the show and just doing whatever you can makes you an American enjoyer, which, you know, boosts your, your marketing stock up if you're into that branding-wise. Sure. Right. You're, or just, you know, if you're single on Match.com, I mean, I'm sure there as well. Well, I've, I've, watched, I've watched the show. Um, actually, I never watched it on television. I think I watched it on YouTube a couple times. and mm-hmm. or Maybe even seen some posts on Facebook. But just some of the stuff these guys do is really, you know, you, you just how in the hell do they hang like that and do these types of things? Oh, yeah. Of, yeah and so mm-hmm. it's pretty, it's pretty oh, crazy. Yeah. But better well, you than me. Yeah, well, I've heard that a lot of it's about grip strength, and it's not necessarily about crushing grip. It's about, like you said, like being able to hang from, you know, the, the bar, from the, the little ledge above your doorway where you're just literally on your fingertips and being able to do it for a long period of time. So I was told to go to the rock climbing gym, but instead of trying to always do the most difficult, you know, V3 or whatever route you can do, do the easy route, but do it three times in a row take a little break, and then do it again so your arms are just totally pumped out. And that was really good advice, I thought, because um, that's what gets a lot of people out. It's not their ability to, to just crush crush something in their hand or even rock climb well. It's how can they walk climb well for, you know, many, many, many minutes in a row. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, it, 
when you when you do the races that you do, uh, looking at your background, uh, I would think that you're probably more prone to the sprints. Is that true? Well, I, I am. Yes, I am prone to the sprints. But the thing is, is that in the sprint races, the spear throw becomes a lot more proportionally important. And I'm a decent spear thrower. I've I've certainly made more than I've missed, and my trajectory is getting better and better. And I, and I do practice on a somewhat regular basis. But at the end of the day, like for instance, this last week, I was the first in spear throw. I think I've always every single race I've ever done been the first in spear throw. I don't. I can't think of a single race where someone's actually just beat me to the spear throw. Um, and you know, I, I I threw my spear as 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 the ref said beautifully. It went right between the eyes where I was aiming, and it fell right out. Now this happened to be a different spear throw. It was smaller, and it was a different. Um, it wasn't a bale of hay because they weren't able to ship in bales of hay to the Bahamas. Um, so it was denser than usual, and, and, and a lot of the elite guys missed it as well, most of them actually. So, um, you know, I had a good spear throw. It didn't stick. Um, Deanna Blake threw hers, and she threw it right, nailed it right into the wood structure, which which which, which totally counted. And um, But I'm wondering if that was actually uh, a better place to have, to have aimed for in a way. Yeah. Um, but um, but anyway, so so I missed that, and uh, that's in a sprint. That's just more. Um, it's more of a risk, right? If there was no spear throw, I'd be all about the sprint. But because there's a spear throw, and there's always that option. Basically, when I'm running, I like the supers. The beasts are very very long for me. That's just. Um, it's not my forte. I've done marathons in the in the past, but it's not where my passion lies. Like I like to train for shorter stuff. I like to run fast. I like to move quickly. I don't want to just be hiking. I don't want to be a competitive hiker. I want to be a competitive obstacle racer. I want to be running. I want to be you know intensely moving. And um, a super seems to be a good distance for me because then even if I were to heaven forbid miss a spear throw, I have you know you know takes me what two minutes tired to do burpees um i have two minutes i can i can make up in the in the in the eight or nine miles of running and i'm and i'm usually able to do that so um so yeah so i say super is really my distance the only problem is that zero races are <laughs> spartan races at least are zero championship races are anywhere near the super distance you know what i mean right it's all yeah. about the beast and the and the and the, and the beast on you know right times too um but you know I think this is going to be interesting. How I just think that there's it's still in in its infancy, and there's going to be a lot of changes in the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I talk to Joe about this, uh, you know, his his aspiration is to try to bring Spartan racing or obstacle racing to the Olympics. Yes, and, that'd be great. Yeah, and I, I think it's got a chance. I really do. I, I think that mm-hmm. um, you know the function of getting more and more countries involved, which is you know you know kind of where his head's at, is. You know, mm-hmm. according to what he's told me, is there's 17 countries involved now. But when that happens, um, what I really believe is going to happen is there's probably going to be an, a hybrid event. It's probably going to be an arena event, and, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe not, maybe not. Um, but I, th- I think the arena events are what's going to bring it to the to the prominence to get it to that stage. You know, mm-hmm. because it, it's all about spectator value. You know, you being able to sure. see what's happening. Uh, sure. Is what causes you know uh, people in, you know to be interested in the sport. So, 
And this is where I think triathlon struggled because, uh, you know, I got involved in triathlon in the very early days where it was, I mean, I sat in on meetings where they were discussing how um, they were going to govern the sport and cause it to become something that may come to the Olympics and cause it to become something that would be a oh, pro- wow. professional sport. Yeah, back in the early mm-hmm. 80s. Um, I actually produced the first pro race for CBS Sports in 84. Uh, cool. Yeah, but uh, so I, I kind of compare it to that, where mm-hmm. new sport comes comes about, and then drawing it to prominence is a function of uh, how many people are interested in it, right? Right. So, but I think it's going to end up being probably some hybrid distance. It's either going to be the sprint distance, or maybe longer, or maybe even two events, because I don't think it's fair to. Um, to try cause someone to be a, a world champion when the odds are stacked against you when when you're a long distance athlete to be able to perform well in a sprint and vice versa. So you're right. You know. You know what yeah, I mean. I it's agree. like it's like you're either going to totally. be really, really, really dialed in. I mean, it's like asking a hundred meter uh, runner to to run a marathon. You know, they, they're exactly. Just, they're not yeah. built for it, you, right? Well, it's just like it's like Usain Bolt is super fast. He's amazing fast. Fast. Is- in, I mean, the whole world. Oh, but if you throw him in a marathon, he's going to be way in the back of the pack. So someone could watch Usain Bolt run a marathon, not know who he is, and say, man, that guy's not a very good runner. Right. You know? But, but, so in second field, um, people get a, get, get, a, get, a, get a compete at right exactly the distance that they're naturally good at, which is awesome, right? And I come from that background, and that's, you know, been great. I mean, I can do the mile, or I, I can do the 800 meters. I can kind of find whatever 5K I kind of go through little phases, see what what seems like the best um, distance for me in the phase of my life I'm in. But it, but, but but for this, it's like, you know, I, I, I believe I won more Saturday Spartan races than anybody else, male or field male, last year, um, if, I, if I, you know, did my math correctly. So, in on the one hand, it's like, wow, that's great. That's setting myself, myself up well for the championship season, you'd think. But at the end of the day, that championship season... That championship race for Spartan is so much longer and it's so different that it's not necessarily the case. Um, I mean, I, I sprained my ankle within 20 minutes, so that kind of threw me out of the, the game right away anyway. But even still, you know, I have to make a, you know, a decision. Do I train for the, 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 the seasonal races, the sprints and the supers that are going to be on TV, or do I train for the world championship race, you know what I mean? Right. Um, which I don't naturally uh, enjoy as much. Um, and I think enjoyment is, is, is important. I mean, would I love to be a world champion? Of course I would love to be a world champion. That would be amazing. But am I willing to um, hate my training every day if I have to go out and train for you know, three hours uh, at a you know, long, slow, boring pace you know, where I want to poke my eyeballs out um, and, and sacrifice my, my sprinting and my natural speed and all that? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a tough call, you know, um, to be honest. So, anyways, yeah, a lot of people have likened it to, imagine, you know, you're a miler, right? You're a miler, you're your best miler out there, you're a dude running, you know, three under 350 or something crazy. You do that all year long, you kill all the races, you're winning like crazy, and then, boom, the championship, though, for track and field, the Olympics, is you know, a marathon on the track, something where you're right. just like, what? Not going to happen. <laughs> um, that's, 
Right. Are we not going to happen exactly? Right. So. Well, that's anyway. yeah, and that's so. So that's why I think it's a little skewed, and I think that as time goes, what there ought to be is there ought to be a world championship in the sprint. A world championship in the in the super and a world championship in the. Well, I completely agree. Yeah. I completely agree, and, and because 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 as someone yeah, who's more prone to the shorter stuff, the longer stuff is not is not great. But then, but vice versa too. I mean, I mean, I've had a, a joking conversation with Amelia where she's like, "Oh, I would love to never do a sprint again," and I'm like, "I'd love to never do a beast again." You know, it's like, you know, we she doesn't like coming down and doing shorter stuff. I don't like going up and doing longer stuff. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're we're lucky to be able to do any of this, so I'm, I'm certainly not complaining. But still, if um, if the world wants to see the best people competing at the best at, at their potential, then then I'd say, yeah, having the three separate distances as world championships makes sense. And and you know, track and field gives out you know have, what six, seven, eight, nine Olympic gold medals. Sure. Everything between hundred, you know, more more than that. If you count the hurdles, right? So. It's not like um, someone's like, oh, well, yeah, you're an 800-meter Olympic gold medal, but there's a dude over there who's a 10K Olympic gold medal. It's like, no, they're all cool. They're all Olympic gold. You know? Right. Same with skiing, same with swimming. I mean, swimming also offers a lot, you know? So, really, it, it makes the most sense to have more than one Olympic gold, quote-unquote, or world champion um, ship race at a di- different distances and let people train what, they, what they're good at. And as the sport gets better, there will be more and more really good people in the sport, and so it'd be great to see the best people duke it out at the at the at the at the distances that they're best at. Right. I did an interview with Leo Manzano uh, last year, I think it mm-hmm. was, and you know, Leo, as you know, won the silver medal in the 5K. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I call him the rainmaker because you know we hadn't won that we hadn't podiumed in that event since 1968, and wow. so, so, yeah, so uh, you know, 2012, you know, finally he gets a silver medal. But it's like going up to Leo and say, "Hey, Leo, uh, you know the guy that throws the shot puts not feeling well today." <laughs> yeah, it would be ridiculous. It yeah. would be ridiculous. Yeah, so exactly. Take your 124 pound body, and we need you to hurl <laughs> that nine pound shot. You know, ridiculous. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so, so I think you know that's that's where I would like to see the sport go, and and I know I'm not alone. Um, so hopefully that's in, right. in the works. Well, I, I, I agree with you completely. It's like, you know, and I, I was fishing for people to bring to this race. You know, they, they asked me to invite some folks. Mm-hmm. I, I know some, some pretty interesting people. And sure. So one of my friends is a, a decathlete. You know, he's made the U.S. team mm-hmm. three years running. And, and uh, you know, he's a stud. The guy, you know, and a decathlon to me is very, very similar to Spartan racing because, you know, you, you have – Obstacles, you know, you're running, you're running mm-hmm. the hurdles. You got a high jump, you got a pole vault, you got a spear throw, or a javelin mm-hmm. throw. Um, and so I brought a guy. He was out. He was out with us out there, and that was his first time uh, doing a Spartan race. And mm-hmm. I thought, dude, you know, this, here's a guy that runs. Uh, I think his PR for the 400 is like 50 seconds. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, he's pretty. He's pretty yeah, quick solid. and big guy. Yeah. Fifty second, four hundred. Um, I forgot what his fifteen hundred time was, but very respectable. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and I'm thinking, dude, you better not miss the spear throw. All right, you throw a javelin. <laughs> okay, I mean, you do that. Yeah. This this should be cake for you. And going over a wall. I mean, come on, he's a pole vaulter. You should be able to just hurl over the wall. But anyway, <laughs> he, he at at this at the spear throw, he threw. 
and he missed, and he stood there with his hand out. He thought somebody was going to hand him another spear. <laughs> oh, no. I said, oh, if only. I, I said, dude, I we, we don't have valet spears here. We, <laughs> you, you've got to get your own damn spear, right? Uh, but, well, I'm actually not surprised he didn't make it in a way because um, not only was that an exceptionally difficult spear throw in that it was small and a uh, smaller target, but when you're javelin thrower, sure you have amazing technique and you can throw it hard and far, but you're not aiming at anything, right? Specifically, you know what I mean? No. So I know it's different. Well, I I, I know that um, uh, you, I know you didn't come to the uh, combine, the West Coast Combine, but mm-hmm. I I stood there at the at the spear throw, and and the way they did it is as you probably are already aware, you th- you have five attempts at a target, mm-hmm. and I think you had five targets that you had to move to, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Um, and Isaiah was the only one that nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. He, five out of five each target, and got wow. all, got to all twenty five spears in fifty one seconds. Wow! Something wow! Like fifty two seconds. Yeah, and uh, nobody even got close to that. I mean, mm-hmm. and and people were throwing over, under, around, falling out. Um, so it's it's interesting how how much influence that that it seems like the the simplest. That, thing in the in the sport would be so complicated. Well it is very simple for some. It seems like some people just have this 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 form nailed down. And a lot of people would say that it's mental. And, and I would agree to a certain degree that, that there is definitely a mental component to it. Um at the end of the day though, you also have to be strong enough to throw it hard enough and you have to I think it really helps to get some practice in and not a lot of people have that opportunity. So um yeah, I think there's a mental component, but there's also just the physical, you know, getting, getting a feel for it, the weight of the spear, how it feels with a string on the end of it now and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it is. It's, in Spartan racing, it's a very important aspect. It's not in the other obstacle races, but it is in, in Spartan in every race, and um, and it can be a deal-breaker, and it is for many people. changes the, the um, you know, the the people in the lead often. Right. You know, what I found interesting is that um, I heard that in, in the Battle Frog events now, um, if you fail an obstacle, uh, you don't get a chance to burpee out. Right. If you burpee out, they they pull your wristband off, and then you're out of the money. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I think that's kind of cool in a way because um, one thing that I that I personally like about it is that if I knew I had another chance to do, say, the traverse wall or the monkey bars or whatever, I would just attack the obstacle so much quicker and with so much more, you know, less hesitation because um, I'd know that worst-case scenario, if I didn't do it, if I fell off, I could just, you know, you know, jump back off, you know, jump off, you know, come back around, after my breath, focus on what went wrong, and then do it again, right? Right. Um, so, but whereas now I have to kind of, like, take my time, make sure my hands are dry, you know, whatever. And um, there would be something kind of cool about just running up and attacking without even thinking about it, knowing that I have another shot. Because um, to me, once I have to do burpees, burpees are just, I mean, they just take so long and the heart rate's up, and, and I should practice them more. But a part of me is like, I don't want to practice burpees. I want to practice the, you know, the obstacles. I don't have to do any burpees, ideally. But, yeah. um, no, I, I think that's a cool idea. I mean, if there's something to be said for... And I think a lot of people would say, well, if you're going for prize money, you've got to be able to do the obstacles. Um, and I can see that. I can see that. Well, and I think in, that. all these little things are going to formulate the athlete. I think that we're talking about mm-hmm. 
the varying distances and you know the niche associated with the the the, the weight of the athlete, um, the speed of the athlete, um, mm-hmm. and the strength of the athlete. So, mm-hmm. y- y- and you know how it is. It's like the stronger you get, the less endurance you're going to have. And the more endurance you get, the less strength you're going to have. It's just kind of the way your body uh, develops. And, and right. So it becomes, you know, polar opposite. Uh, I mean, I, ideally, it would be cool to be, regardless of what the distance is or what the, the task is, you you just conquer it. But, mm-hmm. that, you know, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> it just well, doesn't happen. Is, it, well, the, well, and the thing is, is that I think that happened a bit back in the day when the sport was really, really... Um, you know, young, and there were people who could just dominate across the board, uh, you know, sprint to super to beast, but it's getting more and more um, competitive, and that's not happening as much, right? That's not that option. I mean, there aren't people who can win. There's some people in track and field who can win, you know, in the national, the, maybe the 5K and the 10K, but they're not winning the 800, the mile, and the, and the 5K, and the 10K, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I feel like uh, it's yeah, we can take you back to the whole. I would love to see a, a sparring, a sprint championship, a, a super, and a beast championship because it just makes no sense. And I remember um, talking to Hobie Call last year, and you know I was training for for both the Spartan World Championship and the Warrior Dash World Championship, two completely different races. I mean, in not just distance but elevation and obstacle heaviness. I mean, two very different races. And he was like, you know, be careful because, you know, training for a long-distance race can really zap your speed. And so, you know, and, and in a day that you train for two separate races and you don't end up doing the best you can at any particular one had you trained for that specific one. And I saw a quote after that championship season that, that really resonated well with me. It said something like, you know, she who chases two rabbits catches neither. Ah. You know, yeah. and so it's yeah. like so. And going into this championship season, thinking like, well, what am I really going to focus on, um, and, and 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 how can I be disciplined enough to not just try to jump on board and do everything, or or if I do do that, be mature enough to say, I'm not going to do as well as I possibly can at every single one. You know, if I'm trying to enjoy the experience and and be the person who can do the best on average at all of them, that's fine. I, I feel like a lot of athletes this year. As, as as everything gets more and more competitive, are going to be faced with that decision. You know, do I focus on just trying to win the Spartan World Championship, or do I focus on trying to do as well as I can at all the championships? Do I focus on, or if you're a battle frog athlete, do I focus just on the battle frog, you know, championship, et cetera, et cetera. And so it'll be interesting to see how many people show up at all the races and how many people cherry pick, not cherry pick, it's not the right word, but, but, um, but just are very uh, particular, you know, just focus on world's type of matter or just focus on whatever. So we'll see. We well, I think see. cherry pick, picking is probably the right term. I mean, I'll tell you what, if I was, uh, if, if well, I'll give you a good example. Mike Wardian, who came out and, you, you know, he set that oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. uh, world record on the treadmill for 50 kilometers. Mm-hmm. You know, what a sport. He, he I mean, the, the yeah. dude's like T-Rex. He's got no upper body strength at all. And he does a Spartan race, and he ended up doing like 120 burpees, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then that's what I mean. Yeah, about about just oh, this is your oh, all the because I remember last year hearing a lot of people complain about oh, well that race had so much running and and oh, just because people are runners, that's why they're doing well. And there's a part of me that's like, well, you know, it's 
keep in mind, you know, if you're just a runner, like Mark Morgan is just a runner, and he did 120 burpees in a sprint distance rate, you know, so it's like, it's not just all about running, it's about, you have to be a good runner and have upper body strength to do well in the Spartan race. Yeah, and so anyway, I, I, I could see, I'll t- I tell you, you want to get the guy involved in the sport, put $50,000 prize money on the world championships at Tahoe. You know, the yeah. guy The guy lives uh, at altitude, it seems. You know, I mean, he's he's oh, always yeah. raced. No, he doesn't live at altitude, but he, he does a lot of racing at altitude. Uh, mm-hmm. Guys like uh, Nicodemus Holland, right? He was there, too, and, you know, he was kind of a non, uh, non-existent non uh, athlete in, in the field, really. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he won, or he came in second at the Tour de Giants, 205 miles worth of mountain running in Europe. I mean, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, he's he's tough. Yeah, and but mm-hmm. where where he's going to shine is on those really long and really high altitude race. A guy like Joe Gray, you know. Oh yeah, Joe Gray's awesome. Yeah, yeah. mountain runner. Totally. You oh, tell yeah. tell him say Joe, show up for this. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to do a few obstacles, but you get to run on the mountain, you know, at altitude, mm-hmm. and, and if you win, you get fifty grand. Yeah, but worst case scenario, you have to do thirty burpees for two minutes or one minute and a half, whatever. He'll you know, catch two or three you. Times, <laughs> he but you'll be so far ahead of the field. <laughs> That's right. You could probably yeah. have a sandwich after you finish your burpees and still beat people. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I I just it's it's just all it's all good. I think it's uh, it, it gives you a lot to think about, lots to talk about. Yeah, it really does. It is interesting for sure. Um, but there is one thing though: with the longer, longer races, there is more proportionate. There's more running just because you can only have so many obstacles and you can only make your heavy sandbag carry so long, you know? Right. So, and then that's why I go back to like, I, I like the super distance because to me it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good mix of obstacles plus, you know, the running, the hiking, whatever the case may be. And I just think, part of me is like, well, why isn't that a world championship distance? You know what I mean? Like that, right. then, then that's one, then everybody, somebody who's better at sprints. Then everyone can kind of converge there. Like that's the middle ground, right? Yeah. So in my in my book, that seems like it. But then of course it's also what I happen to like. So I'm probably biased. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> but um. But anyways. Yeah. So let me ask you some technical questions now. When when you when you do run, how much focus mm-hmm. do you put into your actual skill sets? Um. Good question. So I mean, it's changed over the years. So I mean, I've really only been in the sport for a year and a half. So it's not like um, I I knew what I was doing before I got into the I – just, I just jumped into it, you know, on, on just my, my track training and my normal um, strength training. And I wasn't sure, you know, how much I was going to do of it. I really liked it when I started, but I still had my, 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 my track goals and all that. And if I hadn't been – swept up into the obstacle racing world, I, I would be shooting for the Olympic trials again right now. Um, and so that's kind of where my mindset was for the first few months. And then as I went along and had more success, I thought, ooh, man, this might really, really be my sport. With my point being that <clears throat> I've only really started training for obstacle racing probably uh, a year ago. And in that year, I've been experimenting and seeing, you know, what, what seems to work well. I change things depending on you know, how long the race is that I'm training for. Um, but in general, I still like to pretty much keep my <clears throat> my running that I did before because I don't want to mess with that too much because that's what's given me a, a, an, an edge as an, as an obstacle racer. And so I still, you know, keep my running mileage up, maybe not quite the, like, 50 to 50 miles per hour a week 
50 to 55 miles a week that I used to do. I do do, um, you know, I run every day. You know, I take a, a day off when, when needed, you know, usually, you know, you know, once every two weeks probably or so, but I do run every day and, um, and I enjoy that. And I do some work where I add in obstacles or obstacle, you know, or functional work um, along the way. So I'll say go to the track, do 400 meter repeats and add in, you know, burpees and bear crawls um, and whatnot and lunges um, every 400 meters. But then there'll also be days where I do go to the gym and do t- traditional strength training. And then I'll do days where I have days where I go to the rock climbing gym or the parkour gym and do, you know, the rock climbing, um, jump on some monkey bars, and um, and climb up some walls too. So, you know, I, it's a mix. I mean, I'd say I do a little bit more obstacle specific work than traditional gym strength training. Although I had a phase of strength training earlier this year where I was where I was doing more gym strength training. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of I don't want to say all over the board because there is rhyme and reason to my to my craziness. But uh, but I do I do mix things up a lot. I do I do try to train for everything really. Well, I think it's important that you do, clearly. Uh, and yeah. I, I think, um, I, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to quote Ben Greenfield. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, said, he said that, you know, in all of it, he, he feels that um, trying to organize work, like traditional sports, you know, you organize work, triathlon, you organize work. He said that because the sport really is kind of chaotic, you almost yeah, need, you almost need to approach the sport with with no really intent other than to just do a lot of crazy stuff. And, yeah. and so, you know, yeah. there, there's some there's some method to that madness. I, be, I believe he's probably on point. So, yeah. I didn't yeah. I didn't mean to sound like I was having an issue with him. I'm just I'm just telling you that I No, I know no, no, I love that. Well. He's off. I I suppose he could be considered a, a competitor of yours in the No. I don't, um, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, um, but um, but anyways, um, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, yeah, there's an element of obstacle racing where you have to be able to just go with the flow, and you have to be able to think on your feet, and you have to be able to um, change things up. You know, um, both physically with the obstacles that are there. Oh, the race is two miles longer than I thought it was going to be. Well, guess I better just keep going. Or oh, this never seen this obstacle before. I mean, you have to be able to just go with it but also like um mentally emotionally you have to be able to say things you know if you're having a race and you're planning to do x well or whatever and, and something goes wrong like you sprain your ankle or whatever but it's not so horrible that you can't run on it it's like a you know a medium level sprain where you're like should i keep running well i wouldn't keep running if this wasn't the world championship race but because it's the world championship race i'm going to keep going you know because this is this is the race right. i'm not training for anything after this um, take a break. But anyways, um, <clears throat> you have to be able to think on your feet and you have to be able to say, okay, my goal was to, you know, win or podium or whatever. And now I have to just keep myself just as motivated to finish in the top 10 or, or finish period. And I think that a lot of times, especially elite athletes who are used to always doing really well, struggle with that. I mean, there are a lot of elite, there are some Spartan, there are there's a handful of Spartan racers out there who have never not podiumed. And I wonder if that's a big fear. Like, what if I don't podium? Will all my, you know, will I no longer be regarded as a good athlete? Will my sponsors not want me anymore? All that. And to me, it's like, you know, this last race, I, I got eighth place. I mean, I got eighth place. I had more people beat me in this last race than I had beat me in probably the, you know, the last 
three or four or five races I did. But at the end of the day, it's all good. It's okay. And you have to be able to say to yourself, now I'm just going to finish as well as I can. And and so I guess my point is that um, it, it is a crazy sport. And in track and field, you, you line up, you have your splits memorized, you know who's in your in your in your race. You have a really good idea of how well they're going to do versus you, and you go and you do your thing, right? right? But officer racing, it's so just, it's so unpredictable, and and one would say that makes it very exciting, and and others might say it's 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 hard. I know I know a lot of track racers, or I, I have a, I have an uh, an idea that quite a few track racers out there wouldn't necessarily do as well in officer racing proportionally, even if they build up their upper body, because they just aren't as good at going with the flow, you know? Right. They would need to know where their mile markers are. They need to be able to gain. And, yeah. and you, you just can't do that. So yeah. um, it takes a special person who's able to <laughs> right. do with chaos well. And, you know, me being from a big family, I dealt with, I have, I've been around a lot of chaos. Um, and my, my brother, who's a sociology professor, likes to say that he thinks it's poetic justice that I'm one of the best officer races in the world. And he thinks that, that, that my, you know, family... Yeah. Kind of, kind of, kind of crazy kind of family um, got me ready for that. So, anyways, I think Ben's on something with that for yeah. sure. So, listen, we've got about a minute or so left. I'd like you to plug your coaching and how people could find you and and throw that out there for us. Sure. Yeah, um, I have a website called roserunnersports.com, dot com, um, and I'm shifting um, a little bit more towards online coaching than in person. I still have in person clients whom I love. Um, but online coaching means I can I can be more flexible, um, and when I'm and I can make some money when I'm actually um, traveling for races, so that's helpful. Um, definitely loving to work with obstacle racers, um, runners as well, um, and yeah, roserunnersports.com is where I'm at. And on Facebook, I have an athlete page, Rose Wetzel, Rose Wetzel I have actually my my husband's last name on that too, um, and. Yeah, um, I love chatting with people. So people can drop me a line if they have a question, and I'll do my best to answer them. Well, Rose, it's been a pleasure to finally meet you, and I, I, I wish we'd had a little bit more time together. I, I kind of promised your husband we would have a little bit of, like he calls it, brown water together, but um, <laughs> that that never transpired. So hopefully sometime in the future we'll get a chance to do that. Yeah, that would be great. This has been fun, and it was lovely to meet you and your wife on the cruise and hopefully we will uh yeah connect soon all right well thanks for coming on and uh just have a great weekend okay all right thanks Richard. you too you bet well friends it's time to bring another show to a close be sure and tune in to us next week we've got a lot of great content in store for you i want you to tell your friends to check us out you can always find us on facebook Simply go search the Natural Running Network, drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.